And it's curious because that was just what was, I saw the same thing happen with David Icke, where David Icke was, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think David Icke had lost a lot of his uh, sort of cultural cachet, if you know what I mean. Like he was, he was not as big a name as he once was. And then suddenly his talks get banned. And I, it's all, all I saw for that the next, you know, two weeks was David Icke. So, Guillaume, you're saying you think they do this on purpose? So, yeah, I think it's something that could be done. You know, when you want something to be to, to get attention, you ban it and then everybody's talking about it, you know. I, I couldn't explain why they would do this or what would be the agenda that behind, you know. But, uh, yeah, like SJ was saying, you know, if you don't want this video to get attention, just just ignore it, you know. And it would be uh, just one more video about uh, stupid stuff uh, mixed uh, with a lot of others, you know. So I don't... What was the video that JJ shared last time, you know, on the pedophile ring and stuff I talked to you, I talked about with you, Alan? Uh, oh, yeah. It's called uh, Out of Shadows. And uh, he, 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 the same thing happened uh, with this uh, documentary because it was a uh, shadow bound. Uh, Say, yeah, so uh, you, shadow, can, you can uh, watch shadow, it on YouTube. YouTube. You know, it's shadow banned, they call it. But you can't search it. You know, you can watch it, but you can't search it. <laughs> I find it a bit weird. Yeah, I think this is a part of a part of a part of that like made this uh, really popular. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, strange. It's uh, suspicious. Did you watch it, HJ? Uh, I did. I saw both. So there's been three actually viral documentaries. And the two you mentioned that we've talked about are, are the most viral. The Out of the Shadows that got a lot of traction and then the pandemic, the one. But in between, there was this, I don't know if you saw any of you guys saw this when it was called um, Pizza Pedo Gate 2020. And, and this was a documentary. It was made by a YouTuber that's a pretty well-known like video editor. He's made some cool videos that weren't really controversial. And then he busts out this Pedogate 2020 video. And I saw it and watched it. It got similarly not as much views, but it was removed as well uh, recently. And it was, again, about Pedogate. I mean, my take on this, I really think it is about censorship. I mean, the more I think about it, like I do think there's a Streisand effect. I do think that it does polarize. But what I've seen on my Twitter feed um, and in my, the community I'm involved in, the astrology community I'm quite involved in, and there's been a, it, it supercharged the discussion almost immediately as soon as pandemic was removed that a lot of people started um, really trashing conspiracy theory. And I don't think, I don't know if it, they would have done that as much had it not been removed. And then I think like Judy Mankiewicz's Wikipedia got edited like quite quickly to make basically um, cast her in a light of like, she's a crazy whack job. And then I saw a bunch of articles in the mainstream, other mainstream publications like Vice did one and like just basically what you would think of as typical mainstream media were like just rat hatchet jobs on Judy Mankiewicz. And so I think that they've made a decision to say, all right, we want to go to war with 
this mentality. We're going to go to war with it. And so banning it and bringing attention to it actually allows them to kind of ignite their information war on the other side. Like, like because I, there was a huge offensive, like I said, by all kinds of people to mock her and to mock the ideas. And, um, and so I think that they just realized, my sense is they realized that there's enough people out there that are considering alternative ideas. And so they're just going to go on the, instead of ignoring it, they, they have to address it. And so they're just going to go on the defensive and, and nuke it, you know. And some people are even questioning whether or not pandemic, I mean, some people say, was this a, like, um, kind of a plant job, you know what I'm saying, where mm -hmm. it's so well done, it's so smooth that maybe you kind of, it's like T-ball where you, like out like, of shadows, like out of the shadows or something. Yeah. Where you, but out of the shadows, to me, was it was clearly guys that had worked in Hollywood. So at least there was an explanation and they had a mm -hmm. whole story they told. But mm. pandemic feels a little bit, I mean, I don't know, but I can see like if you're the government or mainstream or whatever, you produce pandemic, you set up a situation where then you can go on the offensive um, against some of these ideas. That to me feels feels right. I mean, and I, and I will just say the other thing is like, you guys have probably seen this in the last five years. Think about how much more difficult it is to see videos on YouTube like even pandemic, like yeah, I had to search it out, and they weren't recommending it to me. And so, you know, because it's working in that way, their suffocation of the alternative is working. And I think this is just another part of that, you know. Um, so. You know, uh, are we really sure that just by nuking it, he, he, it shut it shut uh, the attention? He, he, It, it had, you know, or the people that were having those uh, ideas or listening to it. I don't think so. I think it's making it grow more and more. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's there is some of that for sure. It definitely made the issue grow. But because I saw a whole bunch of other articles, Guillaume, like mainstream, like these are big media companies. They attacked it with like... Yeah, uh, but uh, like they you usually do, I mean... Well, I don't know. Do they? I mean, I didn't see anything about out of shadows as much. Like Vice wasn't talking about that. Okay. About how? I mean, but I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I don't know, Guillaume. I'm, I, I think that there. This one seemed different in how much mainstream media coverage it got. Is all I I'm just want to agree. I want to agree. I didn't see any mainstream reaction to out of shadows, but I see a very quick reaction to this. And and you know, it could be. Let's just say even well intentioned. If you. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, hey, we don't want people getting sick because, you know, whatever, Donald Trump's telling you to inject bleach, which I know that's a whole other thing. But I'm just saying, like, that those sort of things are like, oh, my God, we have to react to this so that it's not making people sicker. There, There is an excuse to more explicitly... Um, Or, you know, or justification, even well-intentioned. But I, I just want to agree with at least an observation. I can only speculate as to intentionality, but I definitely want to agree with an, uh, an observation of SJ's that the reaction, the mainstream reaction is much stronger. I feel like this pandemic is being talked. I even saw today there was a New York Times article about pandemic, like the doctor at the center of this conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, you know, it's really being addressed Um, 
in a way that none of these other things were. So I just I just want to sort of co corroborate. Or yeah, so I think that uh, when a video like that is getting that type of attention, you know, you got to take position for your readers. That's why when uh, one mainstream is talking about it and get, giving his position, then uh, you, you have to do it and another one and another one, you know, in a cascade. Absolutely. And then even just like the marketing of that sort of thing of what is the topic once it's like um, once something becomes either a, a hot conversation, you know, that's going to generate clicks for you. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's that, too. Literally, New York Times is getting money from the the, the people who are even the conspiracy theorists are generating traffic and clicks and revenue for the sites that they're saying are the the ones they hate, right? They're yeah, like, yeah, I absolutely. have to read this article about how they're saying I'm wrong and so I can disagree with it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a good trick for, a, or it has like a, many different ways in which it both benefits and, and can be worked into these, these different situations. Uh, again, even if it's just like totally either well-intentioned or differently intentioned, if it's just like, oh, this will yeah. get us clicks or whatever. That's um, right. But there's something really interesting about the the quickness. I I I feel like it spread so fast. You know, ir ironically viral. Uh, I'm not trying to force a pun here, but like I I can't think of it. It's like oh, this went, this spread really quickly. Uh, I mean, and I see people. It's I just saw two. New Yorker friends of mine commenting on it that one guy I know is a Trump supporting right wing guy and the other is the least Trump supporting very left wing guy and they do know each other and the right wing guy puts up something about pandemic and the left wing guy comments like yeah totally and I'm like oh that's really interesting like <laughs> this is what bridged you was this conspiracy theory. It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, I, I got to watch it because I didn't, so. Well, it's, I, I want to say that, like, this idea of how is it affecting the discourse, like, this is why I think that you might want to create a, a hubbub uh, or, or around it. Like, sure, at the same, so by banning it, you cause this increased conversation. I agree that that takes place, but I think that what you see is like division between groups. So I know in the astrology world, like there's been a kind of a stark division that didn't exist around COVID. I mean, it was under the surface always. Some people are saying pandemic, others don't really agree with that. They're more mainstream. But this video caused a kind of a direct division where some prominent astrologers came out and said, listen, this is crazy. All the conspiracy theories are nuts. You know, it's the Neptune Mercury square. And then you had other people or whatever the astrological cause was. There were some couple theories, but then there were some overt debates about it. It sort of brought these underlying differences of opinions out into the surface. 
and it caused like uh, you know uh, this this you know I've, I'm not sure the words that I'm looking for, but um, you know tension. It caused tension within the community. So it, to that extent, you might want to destabilize. To you know, I mean, I'm not even. I think that that having an organized it's if you're governing people, this is like a theory of how to govern, you know, you want people sort of confused and maybe against each other, a divided house cannot stand what's Abraham Lincoln. So I think there might be some motive there just to throw that out that you get this division, um, around this really divisive video. Um, and it's sad, you know, it's sad because I, 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 the division to me is the last thing you would need in a pan. Let's say it is a pandemic. Okay. And it's really, there's really, a serious situation like you think you would want all minds on deck coming together talking about different ideas no division let's work together let's hear what this person said you know and we're not seeing that and that's that's an unfortunate uh, to me that's that's really an unfortunate uh, thing you know and I think I just want to say this too like we're talking earlier about um, as like uh, I'm, I'm a guy that's like let's just wait and see like alan you mentioned socialism and um how people are afraid oh big bad socialists are going to come take my rights away well let's just wait and see like i got a 1200 dollars check no one asked me to take a shot yet so until that time comes i think it's better just to be relaxed about all of this you know um and and, I, and again, I also want to say, like, it's so hard right now in this environment to, like, do a true sync. One of the most impressive things about your first video, Alan, in the Hindsight 2020 series is that you present these examples of, like, clear synchronicity, undeniable synchronicity around 9-11. Some of the stuff is just clearly wasn't, I mean, in my estimation, planned by them, you know. But we're in a world now with the media, it's just so hard to know what's kind of authentic synchronicity around this event, how much of it is cultural manipulation or Tavistockian. And that's really difficult to untangle, I think, right now. And um, I certainly don't have any ideas about, about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's the, this is the aspect in which I keep sort of my brain is honing in on because I think it's the it's the aspect that has the most long term sort of ripple. I mean, all all of this is going to have long term ripples. You know, we've talked about the the political, financial, uh, social norms. Every there's this definitely has a, a number of ripple effects. So I don't, I don't want to say it, but the one at least my brain latches onto is this idea of the precognitive stuff in that. I just, I just know, I mean, I, I, so, I mean, I'm working on the script for this fourth episode of Hindsight 2020, and I wanted to, I, st when I was writing a script a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, we can already start to see some of this, and I had, like, a few examples, and, like, every day I'm like, oh, well, this, those examples are swelling so, like, that sentence is basically a garbage sentence now because I'm like, oh, now that list of, like, you know, what we what started. Let me just see if I can find real quick just some bullet points I have. Um, so that wreck, and I, I apologize because I, I think it's from another video game. Does anyone know what video game it's from? It's, like, Raccoon Laboratory, and then Raccoon rearranges to Corona, and it used the same 
logo is the Wuhan Laboratory. Does anyone know what game that is? Do you know what I'm talking about? I've seen it, Alan, but I don't know. I don't know the like. I just saw a quick post on it or something. I, I don't know the name of the game. Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. Um. Okay. Well, now now I'm, now I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, I've got a Umbrella few Corporation from the game Resident Evil. Okay. Uh, of course, Snopes is the fucking result I get here. They say. False. Uh, <laughs> um, gosh, what I don't even know what they're saying. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into the Snopes thing, but here you can just see the the logo, um, and I will share that here. So, okay, it's Resident Evil. Uh, this was the first one I saw. I don't know about you guys. This is the first thing I saw where they're like, "Hey, this this logo from this video game." looks the same uh, and what's up with that and then and then someone pointed out oh corona uh this is a biological research lab with the exact same logo as the umbrella corporation right in the city where the coronavirus originated and corona is an anagram for raccoon that was the, like i feel like that was a a first um oh someone go ahead what are you saying here Jay Katza, Dennis, do you want to address that at all? I don't know if you're still joining. I don't remember it. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but he did a post about it. Uh, I'm, sure I, I'm sure it could be tracked down. Sure. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. But just to say, this was the, I think, uh, my, my memory best service, this was the first thing I saw that was like, uh, oh, does this predict coronavirus? And then I feel like there's been a slew ever since. Uh, I saw the tangled right oh she gets quarantined in the city of corona or the kingdom of corona or something like that um jordan makes this uh tool video just does uh, fear inoculum predict coronavirus um jj you've got your video which is fucking amazing um there's this example from the dead zone i don't know if anyone's seen that um where it's like they're literally the whole episode is about not only about a spreading disease, uh, which I think might be it was a coronavirus, but that they uh, the cure in the episode is uh, chloroquine. <laughs> like they like the, the someone made a mashup of this and it's like like you know trims the episode down to like five minutes and it's like oh this is really intensely on point, um, and then just. In the last few days, I also saw another one, which was uh, some Simpsons episode where they're all demanding this cure for this disease. And then suddenly they accidentally release uh, killer bees and uh, like in the same scene. Uh, and people were talking, oh, this is 2020, right? You got this disease being spread. And then the what do they call murder hornets? So that list and this is just like the, the sort of heavy hitters that list is growing so quickly already that I feel very confident in a point I've made over the last few weeks if we've, as we've spoken is that this will be a ripple effect. There will be a perhaps a new sync movement or whatever weird, weird version of that. Uh, there will be a blank predicts coronavirus phenomenon. I have no doubt of that. Um, but 
that also ties into when we say going back to 2011 and 2012, uh, SJ, you were trying to make the point of what totals up to four and what totals up to four would be 2011, the, which is the year I cover in, in episode three, saying how like, this is explicitly the same symbolism in 2011 and, and in 2020 is the exact same symbolism. So when we sort of like do that math of where we're at and thinking about 2012, uh, thinking about these predictions and the the nervousness and the division and the is the world going to end or are we going to be fucking illuminated you know is it is it nirvana or is it destruction is it um even thing with the olympics oh that's another one the olympic uh, olympic ceremony from 2012 with all the doctors right uh, all the hospital beds people have grasped on that of like oh look they they were telling us you know, eight years ago. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my script personally to not get so pulled into the Olympics because by God, that's, that's such a fucking huge aspect of this. Um, just to say, uh, so you, so SJ, you've now seen episode three of hindsight 2020, which is all about this King kill motif. Uh, do you, for people who may have forgotten, the 2012 Olympics, the theme of the 2012 Olympics was Glastonbury, uh, Glastonbury Grove, and the creation of the new Israel. And this Glastonbury Grove is the mythological burial ground of King Arthur. Like, so 2012 Olympics uses explicitly this imagery of the the reborn king leading to this new heavenly kingdom i mean it's like that's that's explicitly their framing device for their olympic sort of uh pageantry so it's such a it's such a big topic that i'm i'm just torn between like do I, if I feel like if I address the Olympics, then that's, that's going to consume, I, I, it's like almost like, do I address time wave zero or do I address the Olympics? I don't know if I have room for both. If anyone has an opinion on that, God, I'd love to hear it. Um, well, I just want to say Guillaume, dude, Rick Clay, man, I have not heard that name in a long time. Did Rick Clay, yeah, he died. And he was on red ice. He became like a, an internet kind of alternative researcher phenomenon. And then he, and then he died somehow. I want to return to the Rick Clay after oh, the show. So yeah. that's, I mean, I can, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If you don't mind, I will. No, no, so please. that's yeah. literally, uh, I'm going to read you something I've written about. Yeah. It says, I know most, this is the, this is the, my work in progress script. I know most people, when they think of 2012, they think of Terrence McKenna, and we'll get there. We'll cover some of that. But for me, I can't think about 2012 without thinking about Rick Clay. Rick was the one who did a lot of the work that would become so foundational once everyone else began, began researching 2012 theories, and particularly the focus on the 2012 Olympics and so many of the conspiracies associated with that. Um, <laughs> then uh, Rick is a cautionary tale. By exploring these topics, we are entering some dark headspaces, right? Everyone uses the term going down the rabbit hole, but they don't warn you what it's like down there. If you're not careful, you can get caught running in circles, chasing your tail, 
in a long line of maniacs, and not everyone you meet will be friendly. QAnon and Alex Jones are waiting in the shadows to prey upon all those disoriented souls who just found their world turned upside down. Um, and and that, that's just like some of the text. I, I basically, once I started writing about Rick Clay, it changed, like the, the vision I had for this episode totally shifted because I was like, this is, feels important. It feels like that's, that's the important thing to remember out of this in a way. So I, I would love if people want to talk about Rick Clay and what that, that means. Um, Cause that's, that has kind of consumed this project in a way that I didn't expect it to. And uh, you know, the, what's funny is that uh, the first time I talked to JJ, uh, he told me that he had done the, uh, the only transla uh, translation in French of uh, the Rick Clay interview. That's the first thing we, we talked about. So he's the guy who, who made the, the translation of the Reclay, the Reclay interview from Red Ice, you know, in French. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, this is the, actually <laughs> the, the very first video I translated. In the, yeah, I, I started to translate it because in the beginning of the interview, he was talking about the, the number 11. And uh, that's what got me into all this. So yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, I think right. He was also one of the sort of uh, was he was one of the eleven eleven yeah. originators yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's how I got it too. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven eleven. So go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Eleven eleven. Is that November eleventh, twenty eleven? Oh, so. Was was I? I'm just um, my memory of around Rick Clay is quite. Uh, it's just a little bit of hazy. Was he saying that was it a portal of some kind, or is that what you're referring to when you say eleven eleven? Uh, yeah, he said many things. It says also that uh, when you multiply eleven by eleven, you always get uh, some kind of pyramid. You know, it's like one hundred twenty one. So it's one to one. You know, uh, and he said many stuff about the number eleven being. Uh, a uh, secret number for uh, for the universe, and he, he explained all that in the in the in the Red Ice interview. It was uh, very interesting, and I think he yeah he was the originator of uh, many eleven eleven worshippers, <laughs> if we can say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I remember I was before you know uh, witnessing this eleven eleven. That's how I. Uh, search on internet something about it, you know. I never listened to anything uh, strange before, you know. And the uh, first thing I, I found was uh, about uh, my spiritual uh, angels uh, trying to talk to me, and also I bypassed that, you know. And uh, after searching a bit more, you know, I found this uh, radio called Red Ice, and I found this interview of Rick Clay, and yeah was a big eye opening yeah all right that seems yeah I, I agree with Alan that seems extremely important and I'm gonna have to I, I mean I remember when it came out I was riveted by Rick Clay and then his death that's the whole thing that it's like yeah. this guy was the such a prominent researcher and then he dies and I remember at the time people were talking about the royal the British royals and I, I just yes 
I think that if we're building a like a let's even say an Ikean style, because his name was brought up earlier, you know, the Ike worldview is that the the royal family, the British royal family, are kind of part of they're high up in the pyramid, you know, and you think about the 2012 Olympics in London, which would be intimately connected to the Queen, um, and this kind of full circle. I think about. Um, I was thinking about this this week, the symbolism in 2020 now with uh, Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family. And you, you got into this, this sum, uh, Alan, in the last hindsight 2020. But, you know, it's almost like he's punished for I, I take I, I'm saying it this way for basically marrying out of the race, you know, and, I, and that's just one way to look at it. I'm sure there's all theories about. Megan's family and her genealogy and but I mean he basically marries this girl and then they boot him from the royal family and um, you know it just is kind of a nice bookend with the May 2011 moment where um, Prince William marries Katie or whatever her name is um, and you know so it's kind of like a mirror image of that um, so, but but it's it certainly when you talk about Rick Clay, I mean, my mind goes right to that royal family because a lot of the theories about his death were were around uh, were surrounded uh, were surrounding the royals because I guess they 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 were claiming he pissed off the queen or something like this. I think he shared the Ike worldview that the British royal family was was somehow uh, responsible here. So, just to recall, um, okay. So your mother is born on eleven eleven. Yeah, and the first time, the the the, the first year I noticed those eleven eleven, it was in two thousand and uh, twenty eleven. You know, but I didn't notice this, and I never had uh, uh, figured my uh, mother's birthday. You know, with um, numbers. You know, I, I don't know. It it was the eleven of November. You know, but. I was not into numerology, so I I hadn't noticed it was eleven eleven, you know. So so one day I was talking to her and saying saying it to her, you know, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but uh, lately I'm citing eleven eleven uh, often, you know. So I don't know what it means, but just uh, I wanted to tell it to you, you know. And that's when she realized that uh, yeah, but so you know that this year, you know, it's eleven eleven eleven, and yeah. That's and a, just to just to uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before, but I had a similar experience. Is I, I was working on all the Suicide Kings book and stuff like that. When I you know realized like, oh right, my mom's birthday is March fifteenth, the Ides of March. Um, so like that that sort of almost like symbolically foundational, right? Like this date. Yeah ends up having significance for you in a totally different way. But we literally wouldn't be here without these women who that's, that, that's their, their days. Um, and it's interesting when I was, um, you know, I was married to Melissa, her dad's birthday was November 22nd. So my mom's birthday was um, Ides of March when Caesar gets killed and her dad's birthday was the day that JFK gets killed. And I thought that was interesting. So my father-in-law and my mom both shared this uh, sort of overlap. Mm -mm. And my grandmother is uh, 317, as I said uh, a lot of time. 
Well, I think this might be a good time here. I wanted to drop this in the chat, this picture, because as soon as I watched that video, Alan, I went right away to check out just the astrology of that weekend of May uh, 1st, 2011, because there was, so just to break it down for folks, there's uh, the marriage of Katie and William, Osama bin Laden, you know, it's announced that he's been killed. So I, I, uh, I focus on it's announced that because I, I don't believe he was uh, on that moment. And then the Pope has this massive ritual to deify Pope John Paul II and they're holding his blood up. And so it's just undeniable that there's, there's these three really high level events happening on that weekend like super high level, the highest levels of the world, right? Royal families, the Vatican, and you point that out in the video, the three the three capitals, London, the Vatican City, and Washington, D.C. Yeah, I don't mention this in the video, but if, does anyone remember the, the internet documentary Ring of Power that was focused on the three cities? So it's, uh, yeah, it's like uh, London as the financial center of the world, uh, the Vatican as the religious center of the world and DC as the military political center of the world. And literally those are the three cities who are having these mega rituals on the same weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's undeniable that there's some hardcore stuff happening. And so just, this won't be, I won't go too much here because I don't want to get, it's easy to get lost in this astrological rabbit hole. And I just, I'm going to keep this as brief as possible, but the, this relates to this moment as well, because there's also a, a big debate right now. The New York Times just wrote an article that was like ripping apart astrology because I guess this big famous astrologer was quoted as saying 2020 is going to be a year of abundance and a great year and everything. And so she's got a massive following and, and her, the people that follow her are angry because of the, the, of the, <laughs> the coronavirus event. But, you know, astrologers are predicting 2020 is a huge moment for a long, long time. And mainly because of um, Saturn and Pluto are lining up. But you also have Mars and Jupiter there. The key thing I want to focus on is that um, 2011 was actually the halfway point in the Saturn-Jupiter cycle. And you can think about any two planets. They have a cycle just like the sun and the moon. So we have new moons when the sun and the moon are together. And we have full moons when the moon is opposite the sun. And so 2011 is this moment pretty much right near this weekend, um, or, but or, or this year, where the, uh, Jupiter is opposite Saturn. So it's kind of like a full moon, uh, so to speak, for the Jupiter-Saturn cycle in 2011. And it's timed pretty close to like um, what we're experiencing now, where it's a new moon for the Jupiter-Saturn cycle. The other thing about it is on this weekend, Jupiter and Mars are at 22 degrees of Aries right there together. And in March this year, um, during the Aries ingress, which is a really important chart, Jupiter and Mars are together at 22 degrees Capricorn. And 22 degrees Capricorn is where Saturn and Pluto were on January 11th this year. And a lot of people say that's what's caused the event, the astrological underpinning. But Capricorn and Aries are connected signs because they're cardinal signs and they're both ruled uh, by Mars. And this 22 degrees of cardinal signs where all of this action is happening on that weekend in 2011. And then now as we've gotten into this coronavirus crisis, 
I mean, it's undeniably a connection, but that's what, just what jumped out at me when I pulled this chart up, Alan, and I figured there'd be something there, you know, that's, that's important and tied to our current moment. Um, you know, and these cycles are... If you don't are really mind, can I ask you a question? It'll just take me like a minute to give the context. Go ahead. Um, so I, I put something on Facebook that like, is was not a it's not like a fully it's not a thought out idea it was literally uh i was i was in new york and i went to went up for my mom's birthday so it was around march 15th and it was just as like coronavirus shit's exploding i'm like i gotta get the fuck out of the city and on my way out of the city i actually hang out with jordan barty it's really cool i got to see him for just like you know an hour or two and then i get on the bus ride to go back to virginia and um, I fall asleep and I wake up on the bus and I have this thought and I Google it and it kind of comes through. So what anyway, so that's like that's the foundation of like what do I have this weird all this shit stewing in my brain. I like wake up with this thought. So. The you know, when we talk about like uh, throughout the year, we go through the 12 signs, right? Uh, that's you know that's how we get like oh I'm I'm a Capricorn because I'm born in this period. So literally the uh, we go into the sign of Aries. What is that like March twentieth or something? Uh, and I was like oh okay like this start of this thing which has to do with Mars felt significant because. Uh, the tower card, which is also sort of associated, um, depicts this lightning bolt striking the crown off this tower. And here I am thinking about the corona as the crown and what knocks the crown off. But this bolt of energy, which even though it's depicted as a lightning bolt, if you look at any of the symbolism around it, it is always depicted as a Mars energy. It's not like some like Kabbalistic lightning strike. It is a, it is the energy of Mars is what's removing the crown. So I'm like, okay, we're about to enter the period of Mars energy. Not only the, the um, that's, and then we have this sort of symbolism of how that affects it. Everyone at that time was starting to talk about martial law and i was like mars martial okay crown all these all this imagery is playing out i also realized that the uh and maybe guillaume you can tell me about this i i didn't know this till that day when i googled it the tower card the original one of the original names for the tower card was and i apologize for my pronunciation was maison du which is house of god and that is a name that apparently is used for hospitals in France. So you have the tower card literally is a hospital with a Mars energy taking the crown off the hospital. And I'm like, oh, that's really fucking interesting. I expect some turning point here. And at the beginning of the Aries cycle was literally when things started to lock up. You know, I lost my so, you know, I lost my job on the 15th. We didn't close down to another week or so, but it was like shit was starting to lock up right then. And then at the end of that cycle was where I feel like there was another transition of like starting to talk about opening things and stuff like that. So um, I would love 
French guys, if you can tell me anything about that uh, Maison Du connection, and SJ, if you had any comment on the sort of rough astrology uh, and, and, and tarot associations that they had there. Yeah, I can jump in quickly, Matt, because it might help these guys when they want to talk about the French uh, meanings here. But yeah, I mean, Alan, it's it's called the Aries Ingress, and it's a it's an extremely important um, point for astrologers, and it always has been. And it's I mean, it and it's also worth saying in Britain um, during the Middle Ages and even into some of the modern era, um, this was the new year. It was actually March twenty fourth and March twenty fifth. Um, this was when they celebrated their new year. And astrologers consider it the beginning of the new year. It's the astrological new year. The reason is because the sun at this moment um, has, has more time during the day in the northern hemisphere. So at the spring equinox, it's the moment where the sun is now born into strength the sun, uh, in terms of how much light there is in the day. And... Um, I think that you're right that there would be um, the tarot. You're right on with the tarot, man. I mean, it's a martial moment. Mars rules Aries and the sun is exalted in Aries astrologically. So this whole sign and this whole period is the time when the sun is reborn, which is a, the other thing to say about it is Aries is ruled by, in the tarot, the emperor card. And so you have this regal, royal, kingly moment, which was thinking about the wedding between Kate and Katie and William as definitely very emperor-like an emperor tarot uh the emperor from the tarot um but just to say yeah just to, just to say the astrology is ex it's extremely important and that's why i sent you the aries ingress for this year um that this is what every astrologer is looking at to determine what's going to happen this year and because this aries ingress takes place before jupiter and saturn meet in the sky later in 2020 it actually could be the chart for the next 20 years um, but it's right on, man. I mean, this is when did Jupiter and Saturn meet on the on the winter solstice on the winter on the winter the winter of 2020? 2020 2020 is an insane year astrologically because you huh. have a solar eclipse on the summer solstice and then Jupiter and Saturn meet on the winter solstice. And so it's just hey, so just yeah. uh, for any Twin Peaks fans. I mentioned Glastonbury Grove. Uh, in the Twin Peaks season two finale, um, basically the portal, op they, they have to go to a place called Glastonbury Grove. And somebody makes a point and says, isn't that the burial place of King Arthur? And they're like, yeah, that's where it gets its name from. They go to a place called Glastonbury Grove on the evening when Jupiter and Saturn meet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this like it's like the 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 symbol like that's when the portal to this other world opens up um there's a whole but anyway it's just that's so so interesting to me um yeah it's a known thing it's called the great conjunction that people can research this is a really kind of a tried and true technique and it's been really important all throughout history. Martin Luther, there was a whole controversy about his birth where they tried to fake his birth certificate to make it look like he was born right when Jupiter and Saturn were meeting. Um, there's times in history where there's been end of the world predictions based on the chart when Jupiter and Saturn are meeting. And so it's an extremely important moment. Um, it's the two slowest moving planets we can see coming together. 
and it is a portal i think i think it's a huge portal you know and that's a big rabbit hole i mean i could go into all that but just to say here that i think you're right to have that intuition alan and you know ides of march are right around this time this is when there's kind of movement passion you know uh, people are coming out of their slumber if you just think about the natural world you know you've been, ha you've, been you've been locked down because of old man winter and now you can move and shake and you can get out into the world and you know um, and so it's a really an active time, I think. And, and the end of the Aries season is April, that Hitler's birthday moment, right? So Aries would, you could say, starting on the Ides of March, that's a little before, but running up through April 20th is this time of like notorious sort of martial activity and so-called new world order, you know, moving and shaking. <laughs> um, so it's extremely powerful. So I'll kick, uh, you know, what do you uh, just kick it over to the guys for the for their French for the French uh, thing, question there? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that uh, I didn't really know much about uh, about this, but uh, the meaning and all that. But uh, I was just pointing out uh, a, a, a connection that I had with that because my my uncle is a blacksmith. This is how we said it. You see it, and uh, his um, his company is called uh, Forge de la Maison Dieu. So this is uh, just a connection, but I really don't know what you you know where it originates or anything like that. So maybe Guillaume knows, but uh, oh no, you say no. So no, I can't help you. Sorry. What 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 was uh, what what, you, what did you see, Alan? Exactly, what where was the, where the word maison maison Dieu? So yeah, yeah, little exactly how it's written here, uh, maison Dieu. Um, if you oh. type maison Dieu and then tower card, let's try that. Yeah. I'm reading. Do you see that? Do you see that? Yeah. So this is this is a name. The change. Say again. Symbolizing the change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So this was a this was a name that was given to this card, and I, if I I assume the translation is is like House of God, right? Yeah. Yes. It, 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 it does mean this. Um, so I did at the time look up, um, I looked up like Maison du Hospital, um, and I, I had found that day, like I said, this was something that I, I didn't spend much time researching. I was just sort of on a bus, but I was like, once I saw that connection, I, I was, I ended up in some like tarot you know, group, and when they said something about, uh, oh, this, the meaning, and this was, like, written years ago, it wasn't had nothing to do with coronavirus, but they were, like, something about the meaning of this card being the same name as a hospital. I'm like, what does that mean? And I looked into it, and it was apparently, I don't know if it, how contemporary it is, but that the, um, oh, it says here, uh, I found here, maisondu.org.uk, history of the hospital, 
And it says, Maison Dieu is the remaining building of the Hospital of Blessed Mary of Ospringe, known as Maison Dieu, or God's House, which was a general medieval name for a hospital. Okay, because here we have uh, Hotel Dieu, which are hospitals too. I posted a link about it, you know, just above. And uh, yeah, basically it's it means the same thing. It's called Hotel Dieu, which, which means uh, hospitality, uh, house of God. Absolutely, absolutely. And it makes it makes total sense. Uh, it just it makes total sense, and I just sure. I couldn't, I, I don't know, like I couldn't get over the the fact that, I mean, it's, if if this is a a sign of you know if, even bringing in the 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 house of God from a like a church standpoint, right? Like going back to the sort of maybe ritualistic aspect of it. Um, but seeing that it's it's it shares this name of a, a hospital with a corona on top, um, I, don't, I don't know. It, it feels poignant in a way that I, I'm just sort of feeling around still. I don't, I don't have I don't have anything explicit to say about it. Yeah, I just want to point out here that the solstice. And because your video, at uh, the end of your third video, Alan, you say, now we're going to go back and explore 2012. And so it's just worth mentioning that, that, that McKenna's um, Time Wave Zero um, is the date that I think he kind of randomly picked, but what, um, I, maybe, but was uh, the 21, the, the winter solstice 2012. That original research that I think he picked it based upon this other guy's research, I forgot his name. Um, but he said at the end was 21, that the solstice, the winter solstice, 2011. And so that brings you back into this 2011 moment in May, you know, and that this 2011 was kind of a final end, right? The full moon of this Jupiter-Saturn moment um, on the solstice. Now we're, we're having the exact conjunction, the new moon taking place in 2020 on this 21 December date. Now, it might be different in different parts of the world, I think, uh, but it's definitely the 21st, I think, in Europe and in, and in New York, maybe not in, in Los Angeles. But that's certainly a synchronicity that's worth, that's just, you know, it's not worth just throwing aside. I mean, it might not be the best sync in the world, but it's certainly one that's notable. Oh, yeah, don't, 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 yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to explain that. that. That's huge. I think I agree. I think that's a great sync. Yeah, and the 2011 and 2020 numerological connection too, I think is is um, you know there's just a few, looks like a few kind of piling up here, but 